Welcome to In the Club VIP, a podcast for the awesome members of Kansas Athletic Club, home of CrossFit 913 and Epic, striving for incremental improvement every day. What's up, everybody? Glad that you're, you're tuned in and listening to us. We got a fun new episode of In the Club VIP. We're, uh, we're still going over Zoom with this stay-at-home order, but we got some fun new guests here today. One super personal, and the other one lives with me. So we got the, <laughs> and the person that on the call, too. He's going to be kind of asking some questions here. But uh, the, we got the one living with me, Sadie. Uh, most of you guys know her, Sadie Chandler. She is a licensed clinical social worker. Um, and I'll let her talk about more about what her, her job is. And we have another licensed clinical social worker, Laura. And is it pronounced Beckloff? Is that how you say your last name? Yes, that exactly. Okay. Correct. Thank you. Awesome. So yes. they're going to uh, give us some of their expertise on, on mental health and um, kind of related to these times. You know, obviously, mental health is a huge part of health um, in general, but in these times, um, in these social distancing times, it becomes even more important. So with that being said, I'm going to let TJ fire away on the first question. Actually, you know what, before we go into the questions, Sadie, do you want to talk about kind of what exactly you do and sure. where you work? Yep. So like Patrick said, I am a licensed clinical social worker, um, kind of a newbie as a therapist. I graduated with my master's in 2017 and started working in uh, 2017 right after that and then got licensed clinically and I'm completely independent on my own since September so I'm a brand new LCSW um, so I have been working at a community mental health center in Raymore um, I've been working there since July 2017 so um, we see all sorts of um, diagnosis there um, a really big population so um, my expertise is anywhere from 12 to my oldest client was 92. So I see lots of things, everything that kind of comes through um, and specialty more in kind of anxiety, depression, and trauma is kind of my, uh, my big expertise. So that's me. Awesome. And then Laura, can you tell us a little bit about what your job is? I'd love to. That's amazing work, Sadie. It sounds oh, like good you. things are happening. Yeah. I graduated with my MSW in 2007, and I worked on the East Coast for a long time in substance abuse and addiction and recovery. Um, and then after that, I worked a lot in community mental health, and I've been a therapist. I've been a clinical social worker since 2008. And I, right now in Kansas City, I work in corporate wellness, so I see people in a corporate health clinic in an individual setting. Um, I have a subspecialty in perinatal mental health, so I work a lot with women in the reproductive continuum. So preconception, fertility issues, postpartum, all of that. Um, so I am excited to talk to you all about mental health and the things that are coming our way in these wild times. Awesome, thanks, Laura. So go, now I'll let TJ kind of fire away with that first question. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit before we get into anything about, um, I don't know if a whole lot of people know this, but kind of the reason why I got into um, fitness is, so this is probably about nine years back. Um, I had just lost my brother, um, obviously uh, being very depressed. Um, I didn't really have any direction. I was, uh, I was struggling. Um, I was struggling a lot. Um, and then, you know, I happened to stumble upon CrossFit. My mom actually found it. She thought it would be something that I would love because I'm super competitive. So I started doing that and I, um, I, I found CrossFit and I, and I found something that, that anything that could bring me out of such like depression and that deep hole, I thought I had to give that back to a community. And I don't know if a whole lot of people know that story. So like 
just before we get into any of these questions, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to both of you because I personally have struggled with mental health a lot and I found the benefits of fitness. Um, so if you guys could kind of elaborate, do you guys, you know, you guys suggest any kind of fitness to the, your clientele? Like, um, I, I, I guess this is going to be kind of a long ended question because it's like, how have you guys had, have had to have adjusted um, to obviously the coronavirus and doing all your stuff online? And do you suggest stuff like what has helped me so much with fitness and all that? So it's kind of a kind of a double uh, sided question. But if you guys could elaborate on that, I, I'm excited about this podcast because um, this one hits home a little bit. Sure. I think it's good that we're even talking about it. I think over time, like sometimes there's like, you know, our secrets keep us sick in a lot of ways. And if we can breathe life into some of these things that we're feeling, not only do we find commonality with other people, but we find other things that kind of work for us. Um, and I'm not sure if you're, Sadie, I always look at if people are eating, sleeping, and moving. It's one of the first things I talk about with people because I think those are a functional area of our basic needs that really connect into how we're feeling. Um, it's absolutely something that I encourage people to look at. Um, if, if they're not moving at all, it doesn't have to be a huge, I always use CrossFit as an example. I'm like, you don't have to do CrossFit, but you could take a walk maybe for 15 minutes during the day and you might feel a little bit better. It's definitely something that I integrate into my work with people and we definitely see huge benefits. Um, if you can manage circadian patterns and if people are uh, exercising, you can almost see as much mood result as if you were on medication in some ways. Obviously, that's a colloquial, like non-data point piece of information, but you do see huge outcomes from people starting to integrate regular movement into their daily routine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will pick back off that. Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of studies out there that show that if you do exercise regularly, it has the same benefits as an antidepressant, um, which is amazing. And so like Laura, that's a really big um, you know, area that I like to focus on with my clients. My clients tend to be, we, I work with a lot of clients who are lower, lower socioeconomic communities. And so a lot of my clients are on disability actually. And so they suffer from a lot of physical disabilities or mental health disabilities. So they aren't in like chronic pain. So we start at the very bottom. We start, you know, I think of CrossFit, like Laura's kind of saying at like the very extreme, you don't have to get out there and join a CrossFit gym, but anything that you can do at home doing exercise, um, getting out and going for a walk, just getting the blood moving, um, going to a gym if you can. That's things that we definitely check on um, because it can have a really positive benefit on our mental health. Yeah. You also really find out how functional your fitness is when you're not able to exercise. So I think all of us might be moving less right now today, but all of the money that we put in the bank by the work that we've done in the months previous to this, I think is what is giving us like this well of resilience that we're able to continue to use as we address challenges that kind of come our way. You know, I really do think like Mitch Gold and his endurance programming, like in the months before this, must have known there was a pandemic coming because he put us in the pain so many times, you know? Yeah, he's been prepping for this for a long time. I, he must have known. I, he must have known. Um, no, that's awesome. And kind of to piggyback off of both of you guys and, and the exercise component, um, actually, so TJ's wife, Jessie Kiblin, sent me a little pamphlet. She's doing the Masters of Social Work program over at KU, and they kind of came up with, during this pandemic, a little pamphlet um, to send out to the public, and one of the things, obviously, was exercise. The other thing that seems pretty obvious was nutrition, which we can talk about here in a little bit, too, um, but another thing that I found interesting was, like, the third component was academic and virtual learning or continuing education, which I think is something that might get kind of looked over a little bit. Um, could you guys speak on, on, you know, ways to continue learning if your job doesn't necessarily require it? Um, it's easy if obviously you have continuing education courses, but what are, what are some of the best ways to continue learning um, when you're not going to work? I'll let you start with that, Sadie. <laughs> 
I mean, I think right now is an amazing time to continue to do that because there are so many resources online right now because people are realizing that people are stuck at home that, you know, we don't have access to going to seminars or education places like we used to. Um, I'm actually um, certified in EMDR and I've had, there's been like a huge outbreak on resources available to me now that we're stuck at home. So bottom line, I think just kind of doing some general research online, I think that there's more out there and more accessible right now because of what we're experiencing. Um, so yeah, kind of looking that way. I think there's a big peer, like there can also be things that we learn that are, are different than what we thought, right? So there's a huge part of this that can involve cognitive reframing about maybe we are learning how to be self-compassionate. Maybe we are learning something new about our partner. Maybe we are learning how to be still in a time where we constantly feel like we need to be moving. Um, some of those things are a little more meta and I are kind of connecting to more of like an existential or spiritual place for yourself. But I think like finding that place of self-compassion that like I can learn a lot about myself. It just might learn, it look, might look different than how I thought it was going to be. And for a lot of us, I think it took us a pandemic to like sit down, like yes, stop. That, that's, uh, that's funny you say that, Laura, because I've really, really started to understand my wife a lot more. Like she needs like physical connection with people, not just me at the house. Like I'm such an introvert. Like if we're staying in, I'm just kicking on the couch. I'm good. But like seeing her try to adapt to her, her new, like, the, her new normal right she's at home all day she's doing zoom calls with school and seeing her try to adapt I've really tried to um, be more sensitive in the sense that like she's struggling with this a lot because she's a very outgoing person she needs that physical human connection and like yeah she can get it from me but I'm so in I'm so busy with my stuff and I'm such kind of introvert I'm not a big talker when I get home because I talk all day and so um, it, it's cool to try to like, I don't know, be more sensitive to the fact that she's struggling with this and I, I need to make time for her and, and, and talk to her and, and give her that connection because she's struggling without having it. Yeah. And there's a chance that we won't have, I mean, knock on wood, we won't ever have this chance again in our lifetime, mm -hmm. you know? So I think flipping it from looking at this as kind of an opportunity versus like what we don't have, you know, language has context because we give it meaning. So I think mm -hmm. we get this time, we get yeah. these things not thinking about like what we should do and everything like that. But you also are learning things that maybe you would have never had the opportunity to unless you were forced yeah. by yeah. your state to stay home. No, I, th I think that's great. And I, I brought this up. This is, and I don't want to keep going on tangents, but I saw this on Facebook. I, I've been seeing a lot in Facebook, Twitter, a lot of social media, like how bad 2020 has started, how awful this year, this year sucks. And I'm sitting there like the amount of things that I've learned already from this year and just, being able to adapt and, and overcoming my gym closing down physically and having to an, uh, adapt to an online presence and doing all that. I'm like, this year is unbelievable. Like I've had so much personal growth that I'm really proud of myself to see how far I've made it in just a short time. So I'm like, instead of looking at this, like I'm stuck at home, I'm doing all this, like, no, look at the opportunities that I've got. I've learned how to edit videos. I've learned how to coach classes on zoom. Like if you, like you said, if you can flip that script in your mind and like look at the positives, it, it, it totally changes your outlook on how you view things. And so it's been, I, two, the 2020 has been awesome so far. I know it's weird and like people are struggling with the coronavirus, but in my mind, it's like, wow, it's like, I've learned a lot. And I might be an outlier, but. Well, I think Sadie will tell you, because doing EMDR, she'll tell you that your body does not forget the way we function in these times. Like you are creating a blueprint right now, like a neuropsychological blueprint for how your body adapts and responds to stress. 
if you have children, you're also teaching your children how to access resilience that they have so they can have functional attachment patterns in the future, or they can just adapt to challenges as it come their way. But I know Sadie, in your work, a lot of times like we're reframing what our bodies have learned through acute stress. And so for a lot of people, that's what we're, you're creating this blueprint for how you might approach things in your life in the future. And it just is in the context of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that's something I speak about a lot is, okay, so I have some of them, some of people are thinking, okay, when this is over, I can't wait to, or before this happened, I was doing this, but you know, I think it's really important to be in this moment and learn how to adapt with what's going on right now. So I know that our situation and our routines are really thrown out of whack, but how can we create those routines? How can we survive this right now and starting to create those new habits for what's happening, I think is going to be really important. I agree. It's that radical acceptance. Cause I feel like a lot of times we often get acceptance and resignation confused. So just because I accept something doesn't mean I resign to it. Acceptance just means I acknowledge that it's really happening. And sometimes what really ha is happening sucks. So it's like finding that place of radical acceptance of like, this is where I am today. What am I going to do with today? Mm -hmm. Finding and fostering right. that curiosity and mindfulness about how we feel. Because feelings aren't facts. Like, I feel this way, but I guarantee you it's going to change. So how do I create that curiosity around how I feel to capitalize on the opportunity to reframe it in a positive way? That ties into self-talk some, which I think we were going to talk about a little bit. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's like really interesting to start to think about how I can challenge myself to just, it's amazing if you take one step to the left or one step to the right, how different something can look. Definitely, definitely. Um, and actually, I'm going to take us on a little side tangent real quick. Yeah. You both had mentioned it and Sadie, you mentioned that you do it. Um, and then remind me that we don't go too far because I want to talk about some coping skills. But um, you guys, you mentioned EMDR. Could you just briefly explain what that is for people that don't know? It's amazing stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And it specifically was made and created for people who have experienced trauma in their life. Because like Laura was saying, when we experience a traumatic event, especially, you know, it could be a large traumatic event that happened in our adult life, or it could be a lot of complex traumas or experiences that happen during our childhood when we're getting formed. Well, during those times, our body shows us how to respond, right? It helps us survive and it helps us do whatever we got to do in that situation to survive and overcome that moment. Well, a lot of times when we get over that or we kind of move further in life, our body is still responding to those traumatic things, even though the trauma is not here anymore and we're in a safe place. And so even though we kind of know these things, our brain is still protecting us because it still kind of is, has that shield up of protection of keeping us safe in those moments. And so what EMDR is, is it engages kind of that past traumatic experiences and it helps it readapt to what's going on in life right now, letting you know that you are safe and that this isn't where you used to be. And so it's actually through eye movements, a set of eye movements, um, and it helps link your past trauma to a more adaptive way of thinking. And it more specifically hones in on these kind of negative beliefs that we form and we kind of live life according to that. So a lot of people's negative belief could be, I'm not good enough. And it's based off of all of these experiences that kind of stacked on each other that proved that to them. But there's also these other experiences that have proved I am good enough. And these are all the experiences that show me that I am. And it's about linking that and it's about kind of overcoming that in more of a manual way. It's kind of the best way to describe it. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. It's, it's, amazing. Also, it's amazing. It's like the most empirically sound tra trauma treatment we have. It's unreal what it can do for people. 
who have spent years just like imprisoned by trauma, which, but I will say like right now, what we're experiencing at a, at a given levels for all of us is traumatic. It's traumatic to have all these things change and shift so quickly for all of us. So it's interesting um, that that's like something that we're talking about today because it definitely is something that empirically we know helps so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and Laura, I like what you said there where um, it's, it's different for everybody because, you know, TJ was able to say, you know, it's kind of become a positive for me. Other people though, it's really, it's, it, there's not a lot of positive coming out of it. Not necessarily anybody that I know personally, but you just hear stories around the world, of, you know, and just terrible stuff. But um, yeah, it, it, trauma, one event can be way different dramatically from one person to another. So um, I just thought it was really cool. When Sadie was explaining EMDR to me, yeah. um, going through the training, I was like, holy crap, like that is amazing. crazy stuff. Really cool. You know, I'm, I'm the super nerd. I think you guys, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm kind of the nerdy one anyway. So uh, <laughs> it was interesting to me, but we um, embrace that. That's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nerd's a good thing. So, well, I, I know one of the topics we wanted to get into was some coping strategies and, and uh, Sadie actually, I think this is going back to the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let Sadie tell the story because she ran yeah. in not too long ago. This is something that I share with a lot of people, Laura, and I hope that you're okay with it because one, I didn't know you were my neighbor. Okay. And so I'm, I go out for a walk. I'm working from home now and I'm stuck inside all day long. And I'm really trying to take advantage of being able to take care of the dogs and go, go for a walk, get outside. And I go for a walk and I'm taking the dogs and you know, a person's coming close to me and I'm like, Oh great. My dogs are going to go crazy. Okay. And goose is like pulling on me and Wilbur, it has this yelping scream. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a very serene time for me. And my kids are just <laughs> losing their minds and it's Laura. And I'm like, Oh, Laura, <laughs> you're here. It's me. And we're talking about, you know, the gym being shut down and what we're doing. And she's like, I'm going for a walk. I'm like, yeah, me too. And she goes, you know, now that the gym's closed, I need to find some coping skills, man. And I couldn't relate to anything more, right? Because the gym is what has kept me sane for such a long time. And now that it's not there for a lot of us people, you know, we're trying to stay in contact. But if we didn't have the gym, which we don't right now, yeah, we got to find some ways to cope. And so Mm -hmm. I think that this probably relates to a lot of people in our gym right now struggling with how do we cope with mental health, anxiety, depression, or just life stress if I can't get in and see my 515ers? This is my shout out to them. I miss them very, very much. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, and Sadie and I are therapists, and we are therapists, and we're like, how do we cope with this? And I think it's funny that you mentioned that because I do think like CrossFit's a very specific type of personality that's drawn to it. We all function at this high level. We're just intense people. We're mm-hmm. so great, but like, we're the kind of people who are like, I don't really want to go to the bar, like to the, like do the dance move. I want to lift something very heavy. I want to almost throw up. I want to question who I am as a person and then I want to leave. And I think for a lot of us, it's a huge coping skill. But I also think it's like, we have to kind of think about all the work that we've been doing in the gym before this is serving us really well now. You're not going to lose all of the gains. You know, you might really miss picking up heavy stuff and throwing it around or having people yell at you or whatever it looks like. But it's true. I mean, it is such a huge coping skill. And I know that all of us are really missing it. And we miss the community. Most of all, what's funny is that we miss the community, right? So it's the people that place the home. So I think we find that we really enjoy the functionality of the movement that we do, but we also just really enjoy spending time with the people that we really care about. So yeah, I need some coping skills. I've been trying to walk. (laughs) So so that that leads right into the next question. Experts, what are some coping skills? What are maybe maybe some things that you haven't thought about before that are actually coping skills that you use? 
people. Right now, this is one. So connecting to people, talking to people, finding different unique ways to connect to people that you may not have done before. I think we're finding that a lot of us who haven't been that social before are now on like a Zoom happy hour or are connecting with our families in different ways, being creative. And you sometimes have to kind of like, there's an operative here. Like you have to do stuff sometimes. Sometimes doing stuff sucks. Like I don't always want to do the workout by myself in my living room while my dog's like, what are you doing and why are you here? Um, <laughs> but you do it because you know it's going to make you feel better. So sometimes you have to like push through the suck a little bit because you know that the, the end is going to be good. Um, I don't know, Sadie, what do you think? What else What else can I, I'm going to try these things. So yeah, what else yeah. can we do to go? <laughs> <laughs> I still think that exercising is a huge part. I think oh, yeah. a big part of me is I'm still working out at the same time every day. Um, because that was really important to me to get that workout out done before I sit down and I'm refreshed and energized for my clients. Um, one thing I think that is really important too is learning something new. I think this is a great opportunity to tackle something around the house that you've never done, get organized, uh, learn a new skill. Patrick is now, um, a carpenter, you know, he makes lots of things. He's made this bookshelf behind us. He's just amazing at it now. Amazing. So learning new things to do, I think is really important. Um, and also, you know, kind of sticking to that connection, like you were saying, Laura, with our friends and our family members, however we can, um, getting outside and using all, like you've talked a lot about mindfulness and I completely agree. And mindfulness to its core is being really present, right? And so whatever we're doing, just being very invested in what we're doing in that moment. When I'm sitting here on the Zoom call, I'm not thinking about what we're having for dinner and I'm not thinking about, you know, what I did yesterday, but I'm just here and I'm getting to share this with you guys. And when we're going for walks, making sure that you're observing what's going on around you and you're like feeling what it feels like and you're literally just being present in all of those moments. <laughs> that's, that's funny you said that. Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so dumb. Like it was like two or three days ago, I went out and watered the grass and it was like, literally the best part of my day i literally just sat there and just watched the sprinkler i was trying i put down a seed down in our backyard we're trying to grow grass it looks terrible but uh <laughs> so we're trying to grow grass i'm just sitting there and just was like were you just watching the the grass being watered and i was like i was and it was amazing and i literally i literally sat out there for like 30 minutes and i was just like it wasn't even like the water hitting the grass it was just like taking everything in like i'm like starting to really believe that you are blessed and like enjoying the things that you do have and not looking forward and like what the, you know there's so much uncertainty of what's going on and it wasn't about in that moment it wasn't about what's going to happen next it was just like really just enjoying my grass being watered I, and I, I needed that I needed that a lot yeah and you wouldn't have known it unless you tried it like trying something I think is You're part right. of it too being open yeah. to the idea that it could be different and that Sadie that actually kind of reminds me like I, we, we did some mindfulness stuff one time and it's, it's, it's like really just being in touch with your senses so like it's like TJ was like you know probably out there smelling the grass and well, or, or <laughs> in water whatever it is right now um, but like listening to, to the sounds of the water hitting the birds wind you know just kind of kind of being in that moment and Sadie you might be able to talk to more about that mindfulness and, and using senses. Well, it's exactly what you said. It's using all five of your senses, right? So TJ, when you were out there, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you feel? What do you taste? And you just literally soak it in with all five of your senses. And it sounds like that's what you did. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, just, it was just very calming. And it was like just what I needed because I'm running at such like a high stress level right now. Just because just I, you know, I'm just not... As a small business owner, you always, I, know, I, I tend to think the negative. I think that's probably a good segue into our next topic was like, is there anything you guys could suggest from like a, a positive standpoint from like a self-talk? 
I, I, I know uh, there's a Ben Bergeron. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ben Bergeron. He's like a real famous CrossFit coach in the Northeast. But um, he said, if your thoughts were displayed on a billboard um, while you worked out, would you be embarrassed? And so I've always kind of took that during workouts. I like during workouts, I'm like actually really uh, positive to myself. You often see me smile and it allows me to like, I don't know, bring back or bring down negative energy about telling myself I can't do something. And by smiling, it like lets me feel like I can just take off. Um, but this is different. Like I get home and I'm like frantic about what's going to happen in the next day. Like, do you guys have any kind of techniques that you guys use from like a, a positive uh, self-talk? Laura, you're probably like the happiest person I've ever met in my life. Like you must have a tool, tool belt of these well, I appreciate you saying that. I definitely do. I, I mean, I think that in a lot of ways right now, we're in a season where not where it's a, it's a, but and season, not an either or season. So like you can be having the best 2020 that you could imagine, but it could also be really stressful right now to be a small business owner. Like we can have duality in our life and there could, we can have more than one feeling about things. And I think sometimes I talk to people a lot right now. I mean, I think something I want to mention is that like for uh, people who are working parents, like this is an incredibly difficult time, like to be on calls and to also try to be like a homeschool teacher and also be doing all these things. And I think acknowledging like the reality that acceptance of, you know, I'm not working from home, I'm working from home in a global health crisis. Like this is a, you know, it can be all of those things. I talk to people a lot about automatic negative thoughts or ants. And we talk about how to squash ants through cognitive reframing. So I think sometimes I think about it in terms of like, I would never say this stuff to Sadie, to, to Sadie that I think about myself. Like we are so mean to ourselves in our heads. And I think it's great that you like harness that positivity in workouts. Cause I think that's how we find that skill to translate into other areas of your life. Um, but if you think about like how many thoughts you have a day and how many thoughts of those can be negative about yourself or about other things, it's probably pretty overwhelming. So a lot right. of times I talk to people about like how to cognitively reframe your thoughts or these ants and how to squash ants in your life. So you, you kind of like the first step is to just kind of become aware of them. So be aware of your feelings. A lot of times we try to become so parasitic about our feelings when it's a net, like what a beautiful thing that we can feel more than one thing in life. If we were just happy all the time, or if everything was a 10 all the time, like it would, this would suck, you know, like you yeah. know, if you can learn how to adapt to valleys, like the hills in your life are going to be great. So it's like finding the place where you can kind of start to really adjust and adapt to those places. So I think I first advise people to kind of like become aware of your thoughts. Like I'm in a super bad mood. So when I'm in a super bad mood, I tell myself, like, I lawyer my thoughts. So I start to be like, do I really like, do I really suck at that as bad as I'm saying in my head? Is that just a feeling? And so I challenge them and I lawyer them. And then I kind of find that place to replace that with like a, that's not my favorite skill, but I'm getting a lot better, you know? And so like try, and then you'll find that just like muscle memory, those things will become easier the more you do it. The first time you challenge a negative thought, you might be like, that feels stupid. That feels like really BS. But like later, as you practice that down the road, you start to really reframe it in a way where you're like, no, I'm actually just getting better at that. Like I don't suck at handstands. I'm actually just working on them to improve them. And if I was born just knowing how to do a perfect handstand, I don't think that would be normal. So it's like kind of normalizing those thoughts for yourself too, I think can really help. I love That's it. What I, do. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you have to, it's work. Like growth, self-growth is work. Like, and not everyone puts in the work, but I think finding that place to really start to be like, how do I want to radically offer myself self-compassion today? There's nothing more healing in my opinion, in my practice, in my personal life, in anything than the power of love you can offer to yourself. Mm -hmm. 
And Patrick had, he was, you know, asking me about some stuff that we wanted to talk about today. And what I was one of the things is he was talking about, you know, people are kind of thrown out of their routine. Eating might not be as good. Working out might not be as good. Like, what do you tell those people? And my first thing, my first thought was compassion, right? Like this, we're in a weird situation right now. And the first thing that you have to offer yourself is some understanding that we're all just trying to adjust and do our best. First to start is like, you know, I, just like you said, Laura, you know, we're terrible to ourselves. So learning to talk to ourselves as we would talk to a friend, right? We're encouraging, we're positive, we're supportive. We're, you, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to do better. Like, what can I do to help? You know, think of how we would be able to function if we started talking to ourselves in that way. And It'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the power of positive thinking is real. Like you get to choose your attitude every morning when you get out of bed. I get to choose it. And so, and I can also change it. So if I wake up and I'm like, I'm, what day is it? I'm still in my house. Oh my God. Versus I get the opportunity to change things and do things in a different way. It changes the footprint of everything that follows. You know, I'm a better parent. I'm a better partner. I'm a better listener. I'm a, like, all those things happen. I'm better to my clients. Like all these things happen because I get to choose my attitude, you know? And I think sometimes it's really easy. Like you're, if at any point in your life, if you think about things that like you've really messed up or you really wish would have gone better, like we do the best we can with what we can do in the moment that we have. So stop being so mean to yourself. If you could have done better, you would have, but you couldn't. You did the best you could, and that's okay. Yeah, that's that's really really awesome advice, and I know there's a lot of people out there that that need to hear it. And one last thing, um, <laughs> yeah, TJ, TJ just raised his hand. <laughs> but uh, one last thing, I don't, Laura, what? How long do you have? Because I know you're kind of busy. You guys, look at my baby. She's still sleeping. <laughs> oh, okay. we'll be we'll trying to be more quiet so no no uh, she, no we're good she's, good. she's just all right she, um, wakes up, she lives behind the gym so she wakes up with all you <laughs> five fifteen people although i was not the person calling blast in music <laughs> i saved the gym i bought my house and i saved the gym i'm standing <laughs> um but i guess one thing that kind of stuck into my mind was um you know it's someone struggling with oh, yeah. actually like having those um those positive thoughts or they really can't get into that frame what do you guys what are some resources or how would you suggest someone going about getting help um, I know you guys both work for big companies so it's not like we can just like hey let's schedule some some consults but do you guys have any resources or any advice for somebody that's like you know what I might need some help in this time well we're all still seeing people I mean this is I'm in my office and I'm sure you're in your office right now Sadie so I feel like we're still seeing people <laughs> so a lot of therapists are doing tele visits um, if you have insurance, a lot of times like your mental health benefits will be accessible on the back of your card so they can kind of give you resources or a list of people who might be approved um, in your area. I don't know, Sadie, what else do you think? I have some crisis resources. We can talk about that a little bit in a little bit after we get through these. Um, but that might be helpful. I think right now it's an excellent time to maybe seek um, therapy because we have so many clinicians who are reverting to being accessible online. Um, and so, you know, for those who might be hesitant to have a therapist through, you know, virtually through either Zoom or through texting or phone calls, you know, firsthand for me, and I'm sure you, Laura, I was a face-to-face -face therapist and it, the idea of coming home and calling my clients or seeing them over the internet, it felt weird, but it, it's way more natural than I thought, you know, because it's more just about that connection and being accessible when they need you. Um, and so... I think a lot of therapists right now are being accessible online. So even just Googling online therapists um, and I know betterhelp.com. I haven't you know, used it myself, but I know that that's out there. There's a lot of resources. Psychologytoday.com is a really great resource. It's kind of the Amazon of private practice therapists. So 
people write, I love it because people write their own bios. So if you, if I'm not picking up what you're putting down, I'll probably keep looking. Um, I think that that's a really good one. Um, I love therapy. I went to therapy yesterday. Like I love therapy. I think it's one of the most important things and investments that you can do in yourself. Like I, I think- I, I got a question for you guys. I got a yeah. question for you. And this yeah. might be kind of a, a long drawn out thing, but like this might be all ego, male ego in particular, like growing up to me, like seeing a therapist is weak. Like how do I get out of that mindset that like, it's not weak. It's actually probably more strength to go talk to someone when it's like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I, I'm fine. I can deal with it myself. Like to me, and I've always battled this because Jess wants me to see a therapist. Like I've, I've lost a lot of people in my life. I think it would be awesome, but I still have this ego thing in my head. Like I can get through anything. And I don't know if that's a male ego or, or anything like that, but like this might just be off podcast and me just talk to you two. Right. <laughs> but it's like, how do I get over that? Like, how do I get over maybe some underlying issues that I need to be tough all the time? I mean, that's a, that's stigma. That's shame. That's guilt. That's all those things. I mean, I like to think about it like, what if therapy is you optimizing your performance in your personal life or in other areas of your life? You would never not get coaching for your snatch if it was all messed up and you like were hurting yourself. But yeah. what if therapy is a way for you to optimize yourself in integrating all those things together? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like our yeah. experiences are a blueprint of who we are and you have survived a lot, but going to therapy doesn't take away the fact that you have survived a lot. If anything, it celebrates the fact that you've gotten to that place. And it might yeah. be an area where you can kind of acknowledge, like, I've been through some major stuff in my life. Where is my space to hold that? Who can hold that with me? Who can help me heal from those things? So that you're, you know, you don't need to salt your shame. It's okay to need to talk to someone. I think we're, we're destigmatizing it in a lot of different ways. But what if this is like, the way you can optimize who you are, and you would never, like, we would never be having this conversation if you're like, should I take insulin for my diabetes? Like, should I? Mm -hmm. Right. Would versus like, I've been through this major stuff in my life and maybe I just need to talk about it and process it to make sure that things are kind of like the way I want them to be now, or they're not going to impact other things in my future. Right. That's a, that's a, you, you constructing it into a performance triggered me. Does that make sense? Well, that's like, what do. They learn you, right? They, you have this relationship with them and they learn how, what makes sense to you and you communicate. And T, even with just talking to us now, like it seems like you've had some realizations and like, you know, it feels good yeah. to talk about some of this stuff and recognize it. That's what therapy is. Like it yeah. feels good. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work, but it's also a reflection. Like therapists like, serve as a reflection for you. That's what we are. Like goodwill hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, guys. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this has been awesome. I I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to to Pat and I. Obviously, Pat gets Sadie to talk to you all the time, but um, we really appreciate you guys. I've yeah. I've learned a ton, so I can only imagine what um, our members will learn and what people. I mean, people that aren't our members. Uh, we want everyone to listen to this podcast. So uh, I know speaking for Pat and I. Thank you so much for jumping on here. This has been yeah. really awesome. And uh, I'm going to go uh, find myself a therapist. Yay! <laughs> Listen, if that's I, I, what, what happened today, if that's what comes out of this, then I think that this has been a really fruitful time. You know, I, th I, think just, I think it'd be yeah. good. I, I think any time, you know, I, I, I have this, I have this kind of a, not of a, not a motto, but I'm always trying to level up everything I do in a positive way, obviously. Um, so if this is, gives me the ability to level up and, and give me a stronger mindset um, and, and, and live a better life, why wouldn't I do it? You know? Mm -hmm. It's time to find some strength in that vulnerability. 
You're capable. Right. That's awesome. Agreed. Any yeah. last things, Pat? Uh, that's all I've got. Actually, I have a ton more questions, but we're like already about 30, 35 minutes oh, in here. Wow. So uh, you should mention like the national suicide hotline. If you are yeah. like oh, thinking yes. about hurting yourself or someone else, uh, we want you to call 911. We want you to go to an emergency room where we'd let, want you to call. Um, the national suicide hotline is manned 24 hours, seven days a week. It's the most accessible resource that we have for people who need crisis intervention. Um, that's what I would mention. Steve, do you have any other ones that you would think of off the top of your head? I don't, that's what I usually point. No, yep, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Awesome. This is a, this is a tough topic to talk about a lot of times, but it was super easy with both of you guys. So again, we really appreciate you guys jumping on. Um, yeah, thanks we for probably could talk for two hours if we really wanted to, but <laughs> uh, maybe we'll schedule a second part sometime in a few weeks. So part two. I'll see you After. on the street. Yes, yes yeah. I can't wait. Laura, we'll meet up on a walk when we're coping. We're co there you go. <laughs> girl, girl, we are thriving and surviving. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and listen, rate, and please review. If you have any feedback, good or bad, feel free to reach out to us so we can keep producing content that you want to hear. Thanks for listening.